Hey, all right. Rise and shine, campers. It's Groundhog Day. This ain't a movie. It's real, baby. We're back. Welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues today with our guest, James Goodson of Daisy. So excited to have James on the show. Daisy's debut LP, Out of Body, is out now on Lamo Records. Out of Body, one of my favorite records of 2022. Looking forward to sharing my conversation with James with you all. If this is your first time here, welcome. This is a podcast I started seven years ago to interview people just like James. Musicians, comedians, podcast hosts, professional wrestlers. These are conversations that I always learn from, and it's a great privilege to be able to share them with you all. So if you like what you hear in my conversation with James, please check out our archives at betteryetpod.com. Betteryetpod.com has every episode of this podcast, and it's the host to a few more podcasts that I've co-produced, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio that I co-hosted with Chicago music journalist David Anthony. Road to the Skeleton Coast is a show I did with Chicago music legend Brendan Kelly. 50-plus episodes of Brendan breaking down every single record that he's ever played on. Life's Work is a short episodic series that I co-produced with Don Giovanni Records to celebrate the reissue of one of my favorite records of all time, Sit Resist by Laura Stevenson. That was such an awesome podcast, such a cool thing to work on. It came out in 2019, short episodes, highly recommend you check that out. We got some really cool guests on there. If you have listened to this show before, if you're subscribed to it on Apple or Spotify or Bandcamp, better yet, podcast.bandcamp.com, however this popped into your feed this morning, Bubba, I missed you big time. 18-month hiatus. It's the longest break I've ever taken from Better Yet. And I don't know if you've been wondering what I've been up to in the interim, but I learned how to code. I went to a web development boot camp. I enrolled in General Assembly's 12-week software engineering immersive at the beginning of last year, and I became a full-stack engineer. I learned object-oriented programming, Using JavaScript, I learned React, Node.js, Python, HTML, CSS, front-end development, back-end development, SQL databases, non-SQL databases. I learned how to be a full-stack web developer, and I had the help of an incredible team of instructors, a wonderful set of classmates, and we learned how to build things. It was scary. I was entering into something completely new. This podcast has like been mine. It's always mine. I can always go back to it. This was different. It was scary. But I felt so safe and supported throughout the entire time. And I'm grateful for the community that I found in tech. A queer community. A diverse community. A neurodiverse 
community. It was such an unbelievable learning environment. And it changed me for the better. After boot camp, you know, I was working pretty hard trying to figure out, like, what exactly did I just spend three months digesting? I spent 450 hours in class. That's just about as much recorded podcast content that I produced in about six years. So after three months, my head was spinning, but I just got to work. And I joined a team of developers and we launched a web app called Riffin, which is available for y'all to check out if you're interested. Riffin.io. Riffin's a guitar tablature sketchpad where you can create and store your own guitar tabs. The three of us, we all play guitar. We all grew up using guitar tabs on the internet to learn how to play songs. And we turn that into the perfect learning environment for us as engineers, trying to figure out what that means, what that all entails. And we just did it and set up our production branch. It's up right now, riffin.io. If you want to go and check it out, that's what I've been up to since I've been gone. And now, well, not only am I back here, sharing interviews again, but I'm for hire. If you're looking for consulting, someone to help build a website, or if you or someone you know is looking for a junior web engineer, my web portfolio can be found online, timcrisp.netlify.app, or you can email me at timcrispdev at gmail.com. All right, that's enough about me. Let me introduce you to my guest this week, James Goodson of Daisy. Daisy is the kind of power pop that I just grew up loving. Fuzzy, hooks, loud, and just so fucking in the pocket. I remember hearing their collection, Maximum Blast, super loud, all one word, all caps. Heard it on a Bandcamp Friday, immediately said, Here's my wallet, 24 songs that just go straight to the core. Hit me in that same way as when I first heard Ovens, Tony Molina, Super Crush, and come to find out, this is the solo project of my buddy James Goodson over at Let's Go Publicity. James is a PR rep that has been an absolute joy to work with, and I didn't even know about this project, so... When I heard it, I just, I related so deeply to it. It reminded me of the bands that I've always wanted to start. And this is my first interview in 18 months. And I knew that I was in good hands talking to James. He was there to help me through. And this was our first time meeting, but we just felt like we've known each other for so long. And it just comes through so well in the conversation. Happy to share it with you again this week. Here's me and James Goodson. All right, James of Daisy on the pod this week, coming to us from Richmond, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that where you grew up? 
Uh, I grew up in Northern Virginia uh, in sort of <laughs> this little town called Lovettsville that is basically as north as you can be before you're in Maryland. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, maybe a seven minute drive to to get into Maryland. And like to, they call Northern Virginia Nova a lot in Virginia. They call it Nova. Okay. And uh, my friends and I would always call it where we lived true Nova. Because it was basically like, you cannot get any more Nova than us. <laughs> Are you going to Nova? Well, I might be going to True Nova. I don't know. <laughs> like, literally, I don't know people how you would be Nova. Like, yeah, they'd be like, oh, are you from Nova? It's like, well, I'm actually from True Nova, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, I guess, whenever I picture D.C. or, um, well, I gave it away. I'm picturing, are you close to D.C. then if you're? Yeah, about an hour from D.C., pro- maybe a little less. Um, but yeah, D.C. was kind of where we would go m- for shows more or less. I mean, we had, um, the, there was another little town close to Lovisville called Percival. This all sounds very quaint. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, but Percival was kind of, that was where like our high school was, and there was a skating rink there that they did shows. Um, so that was kind of like the the quote-unquote like scene or whatever. Um, but if you wanted to see you know bands that, that were actually on tour, you probably had to go to, to D.C. Yeah. or Baltimore. What did your folks do? Uh, my dad is a car or was a carpenter for like 40 years. And then actually just recently he, uh, became like an inspector, uh, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, so growing up, my dad was a carpenter, uh, and my mom, she was a teacher. Sometimes she was a stay at home mom. Sometimes, um, did kind of a bunch of different stuff, but Mm -hmm. yeah, sort of like both those things more or less. You get any of that? You work with your hands? You good with the wood? Oh, man. <laughs> I wish so much I could say yes. <laughs> Dude, for real. For I, real. Uh, I mean, I I definitely, like, gleaned some stuff, you know, but I, I really, I would go to work with my dad uh, a lot of times over the summer. It would be kind of like my summer job was helping him out. And just, like, the way that he knows all that stuff back to front and is just so like naturally gifted at that kind of thing and then i am not like that at all there's actually there's a ton of math in in being a carpenter that you wouldn't instantly think of but it's like a very mathy job really rough stuff for me lots of you know me cutting pieces of wood the wrong way (laughs) measuring one time measuring one time and not like all the way yeah because you got distracted yeah i definitely i had i i i would kind of you know wonder like does my dad think it's it's lame that i'm like so bad at all this stuff Mm -hmm. there was this one time where uh (laughs) i was i was helping him out I don't even know how old I was. I was probably like in my like later teens or something. And uh and he there there was like some other trade guy there and they were like shooting the shit and this guy says to me he's like are you going to are you going to be a, a carpenter when you grow up like your dad? And I didn't even like say a word. My dad like jumped in and was like Probably not, but if you need like a good rock band, like he he's your guy. Like he like jumped in there to be yeah. like, you don't gotta ju- to, to to take this. I'll I'll handle it. Oh man, that's <laughs> like that's wow, nice. respect, Dad. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> so, was there music in the house when you were growing up? 
Oh yeah. Um I mean, you know, my mom especially is like a huge music fan and and you know, she loves the Beatles and like mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen and the Rolling Stones and like all that stuff and you know, so that was playing all the time. We listened to like a lot of classic rock like radio, you know. Um so that was definitely playing all the time. And then I think when I you know, was a little whatever age I was, you know, 5th grade or whatever where I got into green day and nirvana and like that kind of stuff you Mm -hmm. know like your 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 good starter stuff uh i feel like my mom was really good at kind of clocking you know oh like green day that's uh you know that's the ramones that's the clash Mm -hmm. you know like she sort of like made those connections and like I like I was already had, you know, my friend's older brother who was getting me into all this like punk stuff through through my buddy. Like I, I you know, was already getting into all that kind of older punk. And then to have your mom be like, not only do I, you know, not think that that's stupid, I actually think it's really cool. And I'm going to like suggest things to you and buy you, you know, clash CDs and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, oh, that man, was awesome. That's great. And for sure. And I mean, it's still I, I think also just you know, having like even something as as like basic as the Beatles playing all the time, it just mm-hmm. it gets in you. It, it, you can't like shake that kind of music when, Dude, when, oh when, when you like grow up with that. <laughs> I watched 2001: A Space Odyssey for the 19th time in my life yesterday, and I was just sitting there watching the end, and I was like, I think this is my one of my favorite movies in the same yeah. way that like A Day in the Life is my favorite Beatles song. It's just right this you know crazy avant-garde thing that just comes and takes over and yeah. you're like how, millions of people totally like have absorbed this and love it i i really like stuff like that where <laughs> i i don't know i'm trying to think of like the way to say this without it sounding like some sort of backhanded compliment or whatever but like things like the beatles or like 2001 or, or just you know things that we all kind of as a society are basically like these are good and these are important mm-hmm. i kind of love that there are still things like that that everyone's like we're we're in agreement these things rock yeah <laughs> you know, totally. Like, they're like, good for a reason we don't gotta overthink it these mm-hmm. things are confirmed good you know <laughs> yeah and i think you know a lot of those things are stuff that we get in childhood and I think yeah. that that is that's a really important thread to you know know that you saw the Wizard of Oz maybe around the same time your parents did. Right. Yeah. Did you watch two thousand one when you were a kid? Did you see it for the first time when you were pretty young? I didn't see it when I was a kid. Um, but I saw it when I was like starting to get into movies when I was in high school. But yeah, I rem- Yeah, it does have a like track record of being exposed to children at a time when you're like looking at it now i'm like what's a i saw it when i was very young i think probably because i really liked star wars and i feel like my parents were like this is another movie that Mm -hmm. is space yeah and definitely did not get it at all but was like somehow still blown away i was like this is the most boring and interesting movie i've ever seen because <laughs> like when you're a kid it's so slow it's, you know it's what I mean? so slow yeah that's what's <laughs> nice about seeing it so many times is that it feels like the like a very brisk two and a half hours yeah i don't know <laughs> if i've seen it since maybe like my 20s i should do a revisit oh absolutely it's um, time 
So, <laughs> so you talk about uh, bands like Green Day, bands like Nirvana, those starter bands. Yeah, yeah. What about the bands that are very present in Daisy, bands like Teenage Fan Club? How are we finding out about bands like that? Maybe in a- yeah. Um, you know, I think I've I've thought about this a lot more recently than than I guess I ever really had. Uh, <laughs> and I I do think that it it kind of I I I think I had almost like um like a second big like musical awakening or whatever with that kind of stuff you mm-hmm. know in probably like my late teens and, and early 20s um because i think i'm i'm trying to remember like how it really happened but i know that the jesus and mary chain was sort of the um kind of like rosetta stone stone yeah. band for for a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. i think because they basically sound like the ramones <laughs> like they Dude, kind of have like they're definitely for, yeah they're like songs are very much chords. a punk band. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think kind of that band sort of, you know, pivoted out into all this other stuff because you can kind of get into like, you know, creation records stuff from there. You can mm-hmm. get into like Sarah Records, Jangle Pop type stuff. You know, obviously Teenage Fan Club is 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 mixed up in all that kind of world. And and I think like the big thing about that whole um kind of chunk of bands that that really appealed to me especially at that time was that they were punks you know and that Mm -hmm. they they were kind of making non-punk music but you could tell that they grew up on that kind of thing and and had that sort of maybe a little more i don't know like ramshackle approach to it or whatever And, and i think just that little i don't know that little tweak to it made it so um i don't know it was like something i was able to latch onto as somebody who had predominantly you know more or less been like punk was like my main thing that i was focused on musically and and excited about and everything so it was almost like yeah you know like the jesus and mary chain like kind of recognizing like oh this is a punk band but then they're taking it in all these different places you know like their music gets so kind of like dancey sometimes you Mm -hmm. know it just was really this sort of like mind-blowing thing that I don't know. I really, I, it was also just really exciting to almost just have like a whole nother, you know, mind blowing moment with music that, that when, when I was, you know, getting a little older and, and you feel like, you know what I mean? You feel like the narrative's there for you. You know, you feel like you've kind of like, you know, built up your musical world in the way that a lot of us have through, through parents and, you know, the classics and the, and the contemporary bands that, that push us off but yeah then there's always things like that that timeline of bands from you know like orange juice and the smiths into sarah records and jesus and mary chain where there is that like yeah all of these bands are a little bit like different and they're definitely like kind of punk right certainly they're freaks um <laughs> yeah maybe that's like the thing that really sticks out is you're like these are people are definitely weirdos so that's cool i, mm-hmm. I recognize there's a weirdo vibe in here but yeah. they're also all making like very um like poppy accessible music but kind of turning it on its head in some you know s- to some degree like whether that's like in some big way or some smaller way i mean even you know i think teenage band club like w- when when you they're they're kind of a great gateway band into that whole world too because they're making this like really kind of lovely music but 
especially early on, they're they're super loud. They're like a really gnarly sounding mm-hmm. band, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of introduces you to. I don't know. It's funny how that is when you're when you're younger, and maybe particularly if you're coming from kind of like more aggressive music or whatever, where it's like you don't need like a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. You're right, sort of like, right. I need the the sour to help it go down. Like I need the sour to help the sugar go mm-hmm, down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the opposite. Yeah, but then you <laughs> realize that like it's fun to dance, and like yeah. there's um, I don't know. I like those bands. And thinking about the anti-punk of just how femme it all was. Like, that right, to me yeah. seems to be your reaction to, um, you know, the toughness of punk was to th- just throw in some, like, blatant flamboyance. Yeah, yeah. I, I think all those bands, like, they just, they, I don't know, they have, like, a real... They're they're also all they're they're a lot of them were coming from like really tiny towns like they weren't necessarily these like big city bands and stuff like that like I thought that was really cool and you know especially when you're kind of at that age I was you know going moving to Richmond like living which like you know to be honest Richmond's like a smaller city than most but coming from where I lived right coming sure. from True Nova it was that's <laughs> your you big know, city. Totally, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and so I think, like, that was something that maybe was kind of connecting with me, too, was, like, the, these bands are all from kind of tiny places, and there's this, a little bit of, like, a fish-out-of-water thing going on mm-hmm. with, with some of them, and, and I, I don't know, I just, I thought that was really cool that it seemed like they were, I don't know, they, they felt very kind of, like, tiny tiny bands with these sort of, like, big stories that ended up happening, and and... I don't know. I just I thought that was so cool that so many of them were like, I'm in this like really tiny tiny town, but I'm over here like they all had have like real like rock and roll dreams or whatever. Totally, know? totally, man. We we're checking even more boxes on why <laughs> I had you on because you're already getting to the things that I've got for later on. We're rolling, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> so so when did you start playing guitar? Were you in high school? Yeah, um, that's a good question. When did I start playing guitar? Um, well, so the first instrument that I, well, the first instrument I ever played was actually trombone. Yeah. Uh, my dad played trombone, and so then when, like, you go to, to middle school or whatever, and they're like, you gotta learn an instrument, I was like, I guess I'll play trombone. I already uh, got a trombone. Yeah. My mom and tried then... to get me to play clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, mom, I'm sorry. If I could go back, I would have done a smaller instrument because carrying that trombone around was a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Um, but yeah, I think I started playing bass when I was maybe 13. Um, I think that's because my my uncle, both of my, two of my uncles um, are musicians. And, and I think that... My mom had said, you know, should we get James a guitar? He's all into music, blah, blah, blah. And my uncle was like, no, get him a bass because there's like too many guitarists. Like people need bassists. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't I don't know about the logic of that. I'm unsure if the world is out there being like, man, we need bassists. <laughs> you know, that's why uh, that's why I played bass first. Was, yeah. Was my my dad was like, it's hard to find a good bassist. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. And I think that that is true. But I think that you know maybe 
maybe there's just a thing with uh, our parents' generation of just telling right. kids to play bass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you know they had a lot of good bassists in in of their you know when they were growing up. The mm-hmm. bass was like a pretty prominent part of the, yeah. the tunes, I guess. I but... think what bass ends up being the the instrument that people either start on or oh you don't really play you can play bass that's fine. right or they or it'll be like you know i play guitar and we need a bassist so i'm gonna you know pop over here to bass mm-hmm. like it doesn't even it's a total afterthought <laughs> but yeah i i remember playing you know getting a bass and like starting to learn bass and, and and you know wrap my brain around it and having this realization that like this is not the instrument where you're gonna play power chords and use distortion pedals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you know, if you want to go and play power chords on a bass, or you want to, you know, you you get into having pedals on a bass later on, and blah blah blah. But like, it's not sort of like the quintessential easy to get into rock instrument to just start rocking out, you know? Yeah. And I, and just being like. Oh no, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> but then like, you know, you're into rancid, you're into the jam and the clash and like they all have like cool bass lines, oh so you start God, trying to yeah. like do that whole thing and I think at some point, you know, after I had been in like my first couple, you know, little bands or whatever, I you know, like you're taking a, a break at band practice and you start playing one of the other guys' guitars or something and trying to pick up a few things and so then I started I'd been taking bass lessons and I started to take um, guitar lessons at the same time. Um, And I found both of them to be very difficult uh, because all I really wanted to do was learn, you know, like a Clash song or something like that. You know, I didn't want to like learn actual, you know, things that would be valuable to know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess... I guess I think probably when I graduated from high school, I stopped. Yeah, I I, I stopped taking lessons around then. Um, so I maybe had like, I don't know, maybe I had like maybe four or five years of bass lessons and maybe like one or two years of guitar lessons or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I don't know. You know, you learn enough to, to start kind of. I think I realized like pretty early on, especially when I was started to play guitar, that. I was way more interested in the idea of making my own little songs instead of, you know, wanting to learn how to like rip a solo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, now I would love it if I could rip a solo. Unfortunately, that is out of my. I mean, you got licks <laughs> out of my right? purview. <laughs> you got you got bends. You know when to yeah. Like, I can make do a bendy. Whale. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you know, it's like, I I guess that's, that was the thing though, is uh, once I had kind of enough sort of technical know-how to sort of make my own songs and stuff like that, that was really where I was, was interested. And then obviously some of it is also, you know, when you're, you're, you're super interested in punk or, or, or Nirvana or like the Smashing Pumpkins or whatever, like all those bands when they're doing (laughs) like their version of a guitar solo is like some noisy shit anyway Mm -hmm. you know or even like when i was younger and it was like Jimi hendrix and stuff like that like a Jimi hendrix solo is like pretty crazy you know and i think i just gravitated towards noisier playing and stuff that wasn't necessarily like wow that guy knows his scales you know yeah but it feels like no shade to that i would love to know my scales better knowing your scales (laughs) for sure i'd love to be able to just like transpose a song from c to d and be fine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah i think that your your style 
has it it shows itself a lot in just that you know you know where to hit it and you kind of know where to send the feedback to just get what you want out of that sound yeah i mean that that that's another thing about you know i'm sure i'm going to talk about the jesus mary chain like a million times but like that you know they really blew my mind with like this is a band that is just the none of the feedback is an accident they are i know yeah they love it that's what they're all about they that's how they're you know they're going to do their version of like a guitar solo is just some crazy noisy shit and that idea was just the coolest thing to me you know and mm-hmm. and it does there is i mean you know the 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 whole thing with with being a kid and getting into punk and and kind of that you know oh cool like these people that i i think are the coolest like they're not amazing at their instruments like the accessibility kind of like that's a tale as old as time you know that's the that's like maybe the coolest thing about punk music full stop is is how you can do it whether you're good or not (laughs) you know like that is maybe just like the actual coolest thing about it you know yeah yeah, it's fucking. It's all the all the same parts. It's yeah, and just like the idea that like you don't that it's not about necessarily being a ripper or whatever. It's just it's you know what however you want to like creatively use whatever skill you have. You know you can you can make it work. It's such a like you know, and even I think that's why the Ramones in particular was a band that I love so much in a kid as as a kid. I mean, and obviously still now, but like. Just the way, you know, they they literally kind of lay it all out for you on that first record of basically if you can put together two or three chords, you can make a just fully cool sounding song. You don't need, you know, it's not even about the the they, they sort of they're, they're, it's almost like they were kind of saying like you actually don't have to be even that like avant-garde or out there with it you can just make like a pop song you have the ability to make a pop song despite your limitations you know? right yeah the f- they're just playing the fucking ronettes i know it's so good <laughs> so how does daisy start were you writing songs that would become daisy songs or it seems like there is a little bit of this sort of in your head building a narrative like building your own thing where you're creating a band and it's this kind of band right um i don't know i mean i i was playing in a bunch of other bands you know like i've been in band since I was like 15 basically like I don't Mm -hmm. know if there's ever been a time that I like wasn't in a band since I was 15 (laughs) um but I I had kind of started writing these songs that I knew didn't really like fit in with any of the bands that I was in and you know definitely kind of trying to do something that was a little bit more um I guess like overtly melodic maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I was interested in like singing in more of just my own voice and not necessarily like shouting or, or, or pushing it as hard, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I guess I just like started writing these songs and um, I, 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 I had a vague idea of what I wanted it to be. Um, you know, like I, I definitely was like, I wanted to be sort of this 
I guess, kind of 90s adjacent sounding thing or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I was really weirdly in my head about it. I was very, you know, I had these songs, but I didn't really know what to do with them. I was just like sitting on songs for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it, I think, had to do with just not really knowing how I wanted them to be recorded and stuff like that. And, and you know, then not knowing how... I wanted to put them out and did I want it to be a band? Did I want it to be just me? Like all this stuff. And um, I think that I, it's weird. Cause like, I, I'm not exactly <laughs> overjoyed that I <laughs> spent, you know, several years <laughs> kind of spinning my wheels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do think that it helped me to kind of dial it in and have a better idea of, what I wanted it to be. And, and I think the more that I, the more that I was writing, the more that I was, you know, toying around with recording stuff at my house, you know, that, that helped me kind of realize like, Oh, I I just want to use these drum machines. I just want to record at my house. I just want to kind of like do this stuff myself and, and, and toss it out on the internet and, and let it be what it's going to be. And, um, and then I think even musically it, it sort of, the more that I did it, the more the songs that I was writing, I did start to kind of notice a little bit more what I was pulling from and notice that I think a lot of it was just basically like getting back to music that I had loved so much when I was a teenager and in my early 20s and mm-hmm. kind of trying. I think I subconsciously was sort of like, you know, well, I've loved all that music for decades. So if I make stuff like that, I'll probably keep liking it you know like i won't find myself in 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 you know five ten years looking back on the songs that i wrote being like this this doesn't hold up Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i think that was kind of where i was coming from of like if you tap into this stuff you've always loved then then you'll you know maybe your own music will kind of uh like stand the test of time for for you personally you know like whether or not anybody else gives a shit about it that's a whole other thing but like you know, maybe you personally will still like your songs 10 years out or whatever. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I guess what, what I hear... We'll see. The yeah, jury's out. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I guess what I hear in that is there's kind of a... It's it's like you, you allow yourself to to maybe not think so hard about it. Because when you're, well, you're revisiting stuff that's like, you know, tantamount to your existence you also are like familiar with that music to an extent where I think it can be maybe a little frustrating when you're writing your own stuff, when you feel like you can't just do that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that that's definitely something that I've tried to kind of uh, almost like figure out for myself is I'm definitely a, a, a chronic overthinker. I have a tendency to overthink just in life, in, you know, creatively, non-creative, like whatever, you mm-hmm. know, I, I definitely am like a, a heavy thinker uh, to a, a neurotic degree, it could be said. <laughs> You're in good company. You're in good company. Um, you know, but I, I do kind of wonder if if maybe part of the where I was gravitating like musically maybe you know you you, you might be onto something that there was an element of it that was kind of like 
I'm so so overthinking about everything else that when it comes to music, like maybe it it would be cool to like just not try to be too clever about it and tap into yeah, the stuff yeah, that I know totally. I really like, you know, and that I'm, you know, and I, and so much of that is like, you know, I I I think I end up talking about it a lot and sound like a little bit of a, a broken record, but so much of that is basically just like you know it's loud and it's catchy how can you go too too wrong with that right right yeah <laughs> it's like there there's a reason all this stuff is familiar because yeah. like mathematically it makes sense because yeah um but yeah you know i not to make this about me but in a lot of ways this, this interview has really been guided by the fact that um you know, I started writing songs again for the first time in, in 10 years. Oh, um, amazing. Over the break. And I also kind of like built, you know, a little like, oh, I want to write songs for an EP and it would be called this. And yeah, then yeah. that kind of begets the music. Totally. And then when you're love kind that. of in the excitement of creating it, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to do an E to a fucking C sharp. Right, <laughs> five like you know, not five. Yeah. I, I, know, I know you don't no, do it I mean, five times. <laughs> hey man, multiple times four. as you yeah, want. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you you know what I'm saying. There's just like For this. Sure. Like to me, Daisy has a lot of just like these songs almost feel like they're written like for this like band that is kind of an imagination. Yeah, of, of like a Sarah Records band that you find. Yeah, I think that's. What what you're even saying about, you know, like, uh, oh, I've got, like, a title for this EP, and, and you know, that is, like, kind of helping me guide it and stuff like that. You know, like, I love that, and I I definitely do that kind of thing. Like, there's times where I'll <laughs> literally just be like, this would be a cool song title, and I'll write a song around yeah, that or yeah. whatever. You know, like, I think a huge part of when I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this stuff was little ideas that I had that were kind of even like outside of the music where I was like, I know that I want to do, you know, a side B side singles and I want to make artwork for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I have a specific thing in mind for the artwork and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, it's a, you know, you, you kind of make your own little world with it and populate the songs through that. You know, I think it's fun to like, I don't know. I think there's the, you know, everybody writes music or makes art and in different ways. And there's obviously mm-hmm. no like right and wrong way. But I do think that for, for me, it's, I, I do well with like concepts or, or making a little, little box for myself that then I, you know, put something in. You absolutely. know, that, that's kind of yeah. how I think about it in a weird way. Yeah. I don't know if that makes total sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in my job search right now, like I'm really like, kind of going out of my way to sort of like gamify my scheduling and i'm making sure that anytime i do something that's worthwhile like i'm making highlights on that stuff you know it's almost like it's it is a sort of bit right it's kind of like i don't know it's like a little joke that you have with yourself but the idea is like sort of just to like maybe make yourself laugh at all right or like make yourself (laughs) feel like oh shit this is i can't believe this song came from me yeah well i mean you know that that is a uh it it sounds simple and i think 
you know, if you read any interview with like uh, a musician or a writer, whoever, you know, like people always talk about, you know, you'll you'll read like a, a book about a band and the band says stuff about like, oh, we just like wrote the songs for ourselves and that's all that it, you know, that's all that mattered. And like, I think that that's kind of like what everyone is like striving for is this like I just did it for me and 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 that's all that I cared about you know mm-hmm. but then in reality it's like well obviously you're thinking about I wonder what other people are gonna think I wonder what right. you know all that type of, of stuff course. and yeah I always you know I I think it's kind of impossible to to not think about that stuff and especially there is some weird thing about when you make something and then you feel compelled to put it out into the world and your hope is that other people will absorb it in some way, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't even know what that, uh, is like what that compulsion is, you know? Yeah. But like, I've sort of come to accept that, it's all part of the fun. Like, don't, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that you have to, to, to be like, Oh, I don't think about what people will think about it at all. I don't care. It's mm-hmm. all just for me. It's exclusively for me. Like, I think you need to try to like center it in, in doing it for yourself and, and being satisfied with it. But you know, it's almost putting like it out into the world and seeing how people react to it. That is, you know, part of the fun and there's no mm-hmm. point in denying it. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. And I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of like the you, the user story that's in there of, you know, for me, James, what's something that I could stumble upon on Bandcamp that would like really excite me? Yeah. Oh, cool. These singles, which I mean, the art direction on these is really, really cool. And just like, thanks. Yeah. It's got so much personality to it, too. Did you have a background in this stuff too or where does no. where do these images come from because <laughs> going back this is sarah records if i've ever yeah. seen sarah records oh yeah 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 i mean i think that was you know i i guess visually i i just wanted it to be um i kind of was trying to do the same thing that i was was doing musically sort of being like you know well what 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 are the things that you think look cool that you have always thought looked cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, you do come back to these like, you know, seventies and eighties punk stuff that, that looks like it's been, you know, the Xeroxy kind of look yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like that stuff looks awesome. You know, when you're looking through a, a book of like seventies show flyers, Dude, I got a and it looks and go awesome. Book and like, it's yeah. the fucking greatest thing ever, man. It, it like yeah. looks amazing when you're looking at that stuff. And then it looks amazing when you're like walking down the street and you see a flyer for a show that's happening next week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like that stuff will never not look cool to me. And I think I just wanted to kind of try to like tap into that, you know? Um, but no, I mean, I don't, I've never done any like, uh graphic design or anything like that so that it was a lot of just kind of figuring it out as i as i went and you know i mean that's you know that's the same thing that everybody does when they're xeroxing stuff is yeah <laughs> figuring it out as you go you know like that's kind of the the fun of it i guess um a lot of these early singles have a vls release mm. number is that is that you do you just yeah. throw that on there as sort of a like commitment? Definitely to... like I guess 
that was just another part of kind of what we've been talking about, like making your own little world. Like I, I was just making a little like uh, fake label that I was sort of like, maybe one day I'll make it a real label or whatever, yeah. you know, maybe one yeah. day I will, you know, who knows? But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just sort of a, like another, I, I love it when you're looking at, um, you know, a cassette or a record or whatever and you or a cd i'm not gonna act like when i was a kid i was like pouring over vinyl <laughs> <laughs> i was rocking cds folks uh, <laughs> but uh you know you're you're looking through all this stuff and there's just so much so many like words and and mm -hmm. and little like catalog numbers and little details and stuff like that things where you're just like i don't even really know what this means but it must mean something or it wouldn't be on here you know yeah. like i always loved that um and i think that was part of it was i was like i just want there to be little you know easter eggs and and little things for people to kind of like dig into you know yeah yeah <laughs> it is it is a really really dope detail that certainly i had to ask you about it because i just like <laughs> Respect. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people have even like noticed that kind of stuff, or 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 you know, I I I, I maybe I'll uh, maybe maybe you're getting the 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 exclusive here that there there is no real label. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're back. These are the people have to know. Yeah, the people got to know. <laughs> so um, you talked about. Um, starting to to record this stuff and to use drum machines, I guess, you know, was that trial by fire? Was um, yeah. what's your background with that stuff? And I guess, like, when did you feel? When did you start to feel like you were getting good at it? Right. Uh, well, I'll let you know when I feel like I'm getting good at it. Great answer. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> I uh, I I don't know. You know, I I when I was pretty young my buddy harris uh who plays in this band called sundials do you remember them oh oh i Good do band. remember them <laughs> great amazing band, band. saw uh, sundials in chicago on a july 4th um oh god what a great band and um yeah. my old band played with them for their first Chicago show, I believe, because Harris oh, awesome. said, "We're called Sundials. Alkaline Trio is my favorite band." Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So this is this means a lot. Um, totally, oh my, God, my fucking. <laughs> That's heart. awesome. What a great well, band! I, I, so yeah. I, I grew up with Harris. Like we, he, he, we're from the same place. We went to high school together, oh, wow. uh, and he showed me how to use GarageBand or or like first introduced me to all that stuff and and showed me how you know like oh you can make little drum beats and stuff with it you know um and it like blew my fucking mind and was so I I think it it like really worked with the way that I think of writing songs and kind of like constructing them and layering things on top of each other you know just being able to because before that it would be you know I wrote a song, I, I have to kind of remember it in my head, and I then have to take it to band practice and, like, embarrassingly play it in front of everyone alone to try to explain to them this song. And mm -hmm. it was just, like, not easy for me to get out what was in my head and explain it, you know? Yeah. And so being able to kind of make my own little demo and, and, and hear what something was going to sound like as I was working on it was just a total game changer um 
and you know, I was probably like 15 or whatever when that happened and, and have been messing with GarageBand for, you know, uh, almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I think that like, you know, that, that really was like a, a, a game changer. Um, and, and I think like, you know, it, 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 that was where I started to get into messing around with drum machines and drum samples and stuff like that. And, you know, I like, I'll buy like a drum machine and like play stuff off of it and then get it onto the computer and then mess with it on the computer or I'll, you know, find downloads of other drum samples and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, and you can just really like go off the deep end with it yeah, (laughs) Um, in a way that I, I really enjoy and find to be very like, you know, kind of like equal parts frustrating and and really enjoyable. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. At some point, I I think I just realized, uh, and I do think that, you know, the Jesus and Mary chain and and, um, stuff like that was a big factor of kind of almost like hearing these bands that were sort of like giving you permission of like, Hey, you can have guitars and drum machines on top of each other. Yeah, like that's, yeah. you're not breaking a rule if you do that, you know? Cause mm-hmm. you grow up with all this, like, you know, Oh, like rock music's supposed to be a certain way or it's supposed to be, you know, different than the, you know, it has to be, uh, whatever, like super authentic and everybody plays live in a room and it right. has to be this particular way. Like you can't have any samples or program stuff or whatever. Like you can't do that. You know, the computer is, is your enemy, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that and, also too, it's worth like, you know, expanding that to drum machines are for your demos. They're, right. You, you know, know, you, or yeah, like drum machines are for like the lame pop band or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like they're not for like rock and roll yeah Yeah. and totally you're right about like the drum machines are for your demos thing too like it was you're always having in your head that it's like this has to get replaced you know yeah 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 were Um, you thinking for a long time like well i gotta get a drummer i gotta get a drummer for sure yeah i definitely had written a lot of stuff kind of assuming well this will this will get swapped out one day you know um and, you know, the more that I would uh, <laughs> listen to these demos, you know, they, they, they talk about demo-itis, how, like, mm-hmm. when you're a musician, you get demo-itis, and you get stuck on your demos. Uh, and I guess I basically just decided, you know what, uh, I have demo-itis, and uh, I love it, and I'm going to have <laughs> demo-itis forever. <laughs> I was like, I don't, if, if, if I'm sick, I don't want to get better. <laughs> You know, like I was just, I was all in on, on these, the, the, the demo vibe. Um, and you know, and, and I think it's funny cause now I listen to, um, like if I listen back to kind of the first couple Daisy singles and everything, I can hear that I was, uh, like I was tentative. Like I was, I was using mm-hmm. a lot of like drum samples that sounded more like drums, you know? Yeah. Um, and I definitely was sort of like kind of unsure about how how heavily i wanted to like go in that direction you know uh and then as you go on the drum samples actually end up getting kind of like almost like shittier sounding (laughs) 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 like they start to sound way more like a drum machine or like some wacky sound or whatever you know and the character has been introduced it's like you know that it's there you know what you're getting so like let's 
pull back another layer of this facade. Yeah. It doesn't need to be big rock drum. Yeah. And I wish that four. I could say that this was like some sort of big, like I was like, you know, be, get, gaining like self-confidence or something like that. But there is a big part of it where I, I, there are two very specific things that I remember about deciding like, I'm going to go buck wild on the drum machine thing. Mm. <laughs> and one of them was reading an interview from a long time ago with, uh, I guess it was it was probably actually from maybe like 2017 when the newest the like reunion Jesus and Mary Chain album came out and the singer was doing this interview and he is talking about how uh, looking back on like one of their their older records that has like a ton of crazy drum machines on it that he that his one regret was. The, that the drums sounded too much like drums. <laughs> and he was like, I I wish that it sounded more like Rinkadink. I wish it sounded shittier. Yeah. And it was like sort of this light bulb moment of being like, this guy gets it. And yeah, he's my totally. like he's my hero, you know? And then the other thing was uh getting really into the self-titled Bob Mold record, um, where he oh, also like used a ton of yeah. drum machines. And it's like literally just Bob Mould, like he did like drum machines and he plays everything. It was, you know, just him, no other people involved. And um, that one really kind of changed my brain almost in like the opposite direction because the drums are programmed uh, like you can tell it's a drum machine most of the time, but they're programmed like a real drummer is playing, you know, like he didn't just do these like static beats, you know, mm -hmm. or like a loop or whatever. It's actually like put together in a way that feels like a real drummer, but it also has this like weird drum machine stiffness to it in a way that yeah. like, I'm sure there's a ton of people that hear this and they're just like, that sounds fucking horrible. And like, this is definitely not a Bob mold al mold album that I think everyone is overjoyed about. But I just, for some reason I was like, this is so fucking cool. And, and thought it was like the coolest thing that he was sort of like combining this, this real drummer vibe with the drum machine like mechanicalness you know and and yeah, it, yeah, yeah like those two things all like really shaped the way i i look at kind of using the the garage band stuff you know i love it so i mean you, you talk about this nervousness you do release these singles nicely one a month for a <laughs> for a few months and then you know we've got a split with military gun and then um maximum blast super loud the collection like it seems to have very quickly become like beyond where you thought it would be yeah way beyond yeah <laughs> yeah uh so no, god I mean, damn I didn't let me soak up in that yeah how does that, <laughs> how, how does this shit like happen like how are you feeling about it how are you processing it I mean, it's it's amazing. It's it's so shocking. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, I've been in a lot of bands, and uh, you know, this is definitely probably like the most that anybody's like paid any attention to it, uh, or certainly like the fastest. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how that happened. I don't know why that happened. I wish I did. I feel <laughs> like I should know. Uh, I do think you know. I I I. You mentioned military gun, like you know ian from that band you know he is such a like champion of the daisy stuff and and really like pushed me hard to 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 kind of like 
do stuff with it and to to like he was one of the first people like I remember him texting me after I'd put out like maybe the the you know second or third single or something and and was like whoa is this you are you making this like this is this is mm-hmm. really cool um and he started sharing it around and and I think he turned a lot of people onto it uh-huh. um and and he's got like you know his I mean Military Gun and Regional Justice Center are like two of my favorite current bands you know so mm-hmm. it really it really meant a lot and um and I think like just the way he he looks at music and and you know approaches things like he's just very enthusiastic and excited and and just you know all in on on making stuff you mm-hmm. know and and it was just really cool to kind of like bond over that and then you know obviously we ended up doing a song together and everything which was even crazier and um yeah so i mean you know i i really i i'm super grateful to him for just like how much he kind of like both like pushed me on it and also definitely like you know raised his hand and said like hey you should check out this band you know yeah beautiful thing yeah he's the best so you wrote a record a full length lp i did out of body out now it will be from our friends (laughs) lamo records so writing a couple songs for singles one thing how is it how is it writing this and i guess you know when you're looking back on your vision of this band as you're putting it together like this is part of the narrative i think right in your head like what did you want it to be and and do you think it turned out the way you hoped yeah i mean you know it was definitely like uh it was a pretty big like shift in in mindset i guess to make something a little bigger because i i had gotten really uh <laughs> really set in my ways with the smaller releases um and i really liked that you know um because it, it was really fun and freeing to just you know record something on a weekend and then put it out you know whenever mm-hmm. Like it, you get the masters and your artwork's done and there you go, you know. Um, it's also and, files. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I mean, it was it was really fun to be able to just like kind of be loosey goosey with it like that. Uh, and so I guess when I sort of it, it seemed like it's time for, you know, a full length. To be honest, like when I first kind of dove into it, I I was a little bit like. I, I don't know. I didn't, I, I mean, kind of like what we were just talking about. Like I, I didn't have any real like goals or, or crazy aspirations or whatever for it when I first started doing it. Um, you know, like the only thing that I had really thought about from the jump was I want to do a bunch of singles and smaller, you know, EPs. And then I would love to do a tape collection. Mm-hmm. So when I did that with Convulse, you know, at the end of like however long that had been, like maybe a little over a year or whatever, uh, you know i was sort of like all right mission accomplished done all right that's, that was the great thing about daisy yeah. is that they did all this stuff they put out one big tape and that's it i was just sort of uh, like all right great yeah. well you know what we got there now what um and you know but then it was like let's make a let's make a record let's you know let, let me figure this thing out and and you know i i started doing stuff with lamo and um i had a lot of songs you know like like I was talking about before, like I had been writing songs for so long without putting anything out that I had this kind of giant, like 
back catalog or whatever you would call it, like, you know, uh, a bank of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it was time to kind of figure out the full length thing, it was sort of a combination of choosing from what was already there, which was like a hundred some songs. It was, it was like some crazy amount. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like real psycho shit it's honestly. funny because i was you know <laughs> i'm thinking about this and it, i have a vision in my head of like what this what this creative process is like and what you're <laughs> describing is exactly what i had in my head but i don't want to come in too hot on it and just be like so you're like <laughs> insanely prolific like what what's <laughs> you got hundreds yeah. of songs or what yeah but yes, so what's wrong too. with you uh-huh yeah <laughs> uh yeah no yeah i mean i i this like sounds so dorky but i just i think it's like the most fun thing to do yeah to, like, man, write it really song, is you know? yeah totally and so like it's just how i want to like spend my free time more often than not uh and yeah you know so it was like digging through all this like giant pile of songs and then at the same time i was writing more songs as I was going, you know, I ended up kind of recording, uh, more or less like a whole version of the record. Um, and then like getting through all that tracking. And I mean, when I say like all that tracking, I'm basically like going through these demos and deciding what parts need to re be redone, you know, like maybe I'm like redoing some, some of the guitars, I'm probably like redoing all the vocals, but like mm-hmm. a lot of the demo stuff ends up on the actual recording. Um, and but, you've probably you know, got a pretty good workflow at this point, right? You know, you know how to set things up and like get dialed in pretty quickly. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I do it all in this room. Like behind me is uh, like the amp that I basically use mm-hmm. for everything, and. Uh, you know, I I don't have a lot of like recording technical know-how at all. Like when I ch- bought a mic to to record guitars, I literally chose the one that was basically the big selling point of it was you can like lay this in front of the guitar amp anywhere mm-hmm. and it will sound good. <laughs> it's like the like easiest to use mic that exists. Um but yeah, I mean, I like all my stuff is mixed and mastered by uh Justin Pizzaverato. And, you know, he just like really gets it and and has such a just from the jump, like we were so in sync with like how he really understood that that this weird, bizarre line that I've been going for where it's like I want it to sound huge, but I also want it to sound homemade, you know, Mm -hmm. and he just he makes it, you know, I'm talking all about like how much I like noisy stuff in my my pop songs and everything, but like he makes it so that you are enjoying it and and that's like a palatable amount of noisiness versus like, wow, like that's just like a bad sounding thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so like he's he's super helpful in that regard. But um but yeah, you know, I was recording and 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 writing more as I was recording and just having a real time of trying to decide like what this record was going to be just because there were so many songs and like having trying to get some idea of of uh you know what I wanted it to sound like and and pulling from songs that were written like you know a week ago and Mm -hmm. stuff that were written you know three or four years ago you know um and but I think like 
the I guess to answer your question now that I've rambled for God knows how long the <laughs> as far as like making the the album of it all that was kind of what I was trying to like use as a guidepost was like it's not just an EP it's not just a single it has to like hang together in some way and you know kind of make decisions based on the idea that people are going to listen to it in one chunk rather than just kind of pop in and pop out or whatever mm-hmm. um, which you know. Who I don't know whether that's actually how people will listen to it and they can listen to whatever they want, but like that's kind of the mentality you have to have when you are making a a record, you know, but, um, you know, so it was like, it was kind of a different, just like flexing a different part of my brain of, uh, as far as like putting together something of, of like, you know, it's not just a matter of, you know, you're going to do three songs and they should all be you know bangers or whatever <laughs> like you gotta kind of like think of it in a slightly different way but i don't know i'm sure like most people will probably listen to this record and still be like yeah man it's still pretty loud and you're doing your thing man <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like it's some like genius you know i i i totally rethought the wheel when i decided to put 12 songs on a thing together well if there's anything that sounds like a 12th song it's the last song on the record it's my favorite song on the record it's Thank a you. song called gone i'm getting chills just talking about this <laughs> song those opening chords that beat i mean to me the tempo of that song had to feel like a revelation in itself like yeah i guess it is like kind of that that is a song that um when i wrote that uh I, I definitely was conscious of like, I don't really know how to like, I've, I've never done anything with this kind of like a beat before, like that almost kind of like, I don't even know what you would call that. Like it's, it's like a, a propulsiveness or to or... it. Yeah. There is yeah. like that kind of, I march, but I, I know march is like an actual term, <laughs> yeah. but it does have. I know what you mean. It, like, like, I don't know what the term is, but I feel like that's a beat that has a term. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember hearing that song for the first time and just being like, this song feels like it's 10 minutes long in a good way. Like (laughs) there's so much that's just packed into it. Yeah. Uh, Take me into recording that to me, I'm just hearing every layer that gets added on and I'm just seeing like a little kid in a fucking candy (laughs) store. Just like, yeah, all right, this would be cool too. For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that's just, that song's pretty old. I guess like it's probably, a year or two old at least maybe even longer than that um and that actually it must be pretty old because now that i'm thinking about it i'm pretty sure that when i first wrote that i did think i probably was still thinking it would eventually have like real drums on it Mm -hmm. um and that was like kind of a hurdle was like figuring out like what would this sound like if it wasn't a real drummer like can you do that kind of a beat without a real drummer um and i don't know i i've always really liked um you know that kind of uh like it's sort of like big and sweeping and like anthemic sounding but also sounds kind of sad like i think that's like a really nice sweet spot with songs especially like a last song on something that's always like kind of the vibe that i feel like it should be Mm -hmm. um And that was definitely a song that like way back when I wrote it, like I had no idea what it would end up on, but I always like was thinking this is going to have to be the last song on whatever this is on, you know? Um, And uh, 
You know, that's a song where kind of what I was talking about before about how, how I was, I like recorded a version of the record and then, you know, took a bunch of stuff off of it, redid a bunch of stuff, you know, like had this kind of big retooling or whatever. Um, you know, that's a song that I I had recorded and then ended up adding a bunch of stuff, like all the kind of Mellotron strings and um, a yeah, decent amount of the, was, like, vocals at the end. Was there Mellotron on there? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's Mellotron on, like, a good amount of the, the songs. Um, oh, it just sounds so I, fucking pretty. I know. It's, like, the coolest-sounding instrument yeah. ever. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, like, talk about, like, a thing that just automatically makes something sound kind of wistful. Like, it's, like, the most wistful-sounding instrument. <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I definitely, uh, like you said, man, like kid, kid in the candy store is like a great way of putting it of just, you know, adding like a bunch of layers and kind of what we were talking about earlier of like the, like giving myself permission to just do the stuff that I would have thought was cool as a, as a 15 year old or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, just like let it, you know, try to make something that sounds like big and sounds like a big, you know, just a, a big crazy rock closer you know and and i don't know stuff like um having like the it was just i guess the main thing that sticks out to me is the amount of stuff that was like an 11th hour add to that song that like mm -hmm. totally changed it like the mellotron stuff was last minute oh I god added yeah like the you know, at the very end when it like the sort of like na 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 thing comes back from the first song, like that was like one of the last things that I recorded. Lost my fucking mind when that happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, come like, on, come on. <laughs> I'm glad you think so because that's like definitely one of those things where you kind of catch yourself being like, I'm being pretty corn dog right now, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Man. And then, it, yeah. And I know, I don't know. When I, when I hear that song, when I think about the Daisy narrative that like I immediately just took from it um, and like had to bring myself back from saying like, this is how this was. But um, <laughs> just yeah, the, I'm... the nature of the project, like I'm listening to that song and I'm like, man, this is this is the fucking big label like record. This is like, oh, they blew their budget on a Mellotron to throw at the... <laughs> On the last song. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, uh, just like Mellotron from GarageBand or whatever That's that so I've, fucking I've good. manipulated and mushed around a little uh -huh. bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's that's the, the funny thing about it. Like, I just, I guess because I'm like not super technical with all this stuff, I just like, I don't give a shit, man. Like, if it sounds cool, it sounds cool. Like, I'm yeah. not sweating. Like, did it come from like GarageBand or did it come from, you know, the 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 ten thousand dollar like vintage Mellotron or whatever? Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure the ten thousand dollar vintage Mellotron sounds better. But like, are you gonna notice that when you're listening to a song on on your headphones and you're rocking out and having a good old time? Like, I don't think you're gonna be like, mm, it could be a little better. Yeah. I, Could be ten thousand dollars better. Well, and and the, and the other <laughs> the other aspect of, that you brought up with it too is the kind of like, oh, should I like? Am I crossing a line here? And right, like, I think that it there's a lot of confidence and there's a lot of trust in in what you're doing and the material and the the record that you made to say like, yeah, 
Absolutely. Fucking bathe in that river of ham. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's what yeah. we fucking need. And like, I just want to say too, on top of like all this stuff, just say, your music is really fun. It's really, really Thank fun. You. And that shit is becoming more and more important to me is yeah. the fun of of listening, but also the fun of just imagining where it's coming from. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's definitely like, I mean, that's awesome to hear. And that that's really important to me of like, I don't know, like, I think <laughs> I just think like rock and roll stuff is fun inherently. And sometimes it feels like that gets a little lost in the sauce. Like we, 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 we like get a little wrapped up in like all the stuff around something or, you know, like whether or not something was important or it mattered or whatever, like mm -hmm. all this shit. And, and I do think that at the end of the day, it's like, well, it is supposed to be fun. Like it's fun stuff. It's cool. Like mm -hmm. guitars and shit like that is cool. <laughs> you know absolutely and and i think i i really wanted that you know on the record like this this you know that's definitely been a thing with 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 all the daisy stuff is just kind of you know i don't know like reveling in it a little bit that it's like yeah really loud guitars is a fun cool thing like you're not going to be able to convince me otherwise mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time i don't care how like many times there's like the you know rock music is dead or genre doesn't matter anymore and like all that stuff and it's like i don't care like that maybe in, maybe that stuff's true maybe it's not i know that i think that like really loud guitars is like neat you know <laughs> like that's kind of what it lands on and like you know i i i don't know like i think all that stuff is interesting too like whatever is going on with like the zeitgeist and this that and the other like i i always think that stuff's really interesting but mm -hmm. like i you know, when it comes to like the stuff that hits the sweet spot for me, you know, sometimes it is as simple as like, oh man, that's like loud and catchy and, and fun. Like, <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. Dude, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. I had such a good time. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you so much. I, I, uh, I am extremely honored to be your your first pod back i hope that i hope that i i did an all right job with you dude you're gonna make it easier for the second one that is for sure <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah thanks again dude <laughs> yeah of course all right bubbas that's it for us this week check out daisy on bandcamp daisysound.bandcamp.com we'll be back next week thanks bubbas <laughs> <laughs>